Good morning, family. It's July, and my family and I are on vacation. So today I'm sharing with you one of my most listened to podcasts from last year. I'll see you when I get back. Enjoy. Hi, friends. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Good Morning Family, a podcast of my weekly sermons. Who knows? Maybe I'll throw in a special sermon for you every now and then. I hope this podcast is good news for you. If you find these words helpful, please rate and review my podcast on iTunes or on whatever host you found it. Thanks for your help and for being part of the family. And now, here's this week's sermon. Listen and enjoy. Good morning, family. Thanks for joining me today. Last week, Jesus talked to us about restoring and reconciling broken relationships. As followers of Jesus, we are called to go the extra mile, to include those who have been cut off or excluded, especially when we're the one who has been offended. This morning, we're going back to Matthew chapter 18 and picking up right where we left off last week. So we're continuing with the subject of reconciliation. Hear the word of the Lord. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, not just seven times, but rather as many as seventy-seven times. Therefore the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him ten thousand bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold, along with his wife and children and everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him, and said, Please be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. The master had compassion on that servant, released him, and forgave the loan. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him one hundred coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, Pay me back what you owe me. Then his fellow servant fell down and begged him, Be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. When his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant! I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? His master was furious and handed him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners until he had paid the whole debt. My heavenly Father will also do the same if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. 
This story begins with mathematics. Peter, of course it's Peter. Who else would it be, right? Peter asks Jesus, how many times do I have to forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? That sounds reasonable. That even sounds merciful. But Jesus responds with an exponentially greater figure. No, he says, seven times is not enough. Instead, forgive 77 times, or some translate it as 70 times seven. The point here is that forgiveness has to be limitless. Forgiveness cannot be tallied or calculated, so stop counting. Throw away the calculator. In the kingdom of God, forgiveness abounds. In the kingdom of God, there is no forgiving once or even seven times. In God's kingdom, we forgive 77 times. Seven times here, seven times there, and before you know it, forgiveness abounds in God's kingdom. So we are to forgive and forgive and forgive again. Compare God's kingdom with a king who wished to settle accounts with his servants. He wanted to balance the books and set things right, to do justice. A servant owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Don't grab your calculator. I'll tell you how much that is. Different Bibles translate this a little differently, but it's 10,000 times 15 years of wages. In today's terms, we're talking about several billions with a B, billions of dollars. When the servant couldn't pay, the king ordered that the man, his wife, their kids, and all their possessions be sold to pay off the debt. Does that seem harsh? We're talking about a huge amount of money. Now, it would be extremely generous for the king to lend a million dollars, let alone a billion dollars to a servant. But this king lent him several billion dollars. What became of all that money? What kind of life would you have to lead to blow through billions of dollars? No wonder the king was angry. How could this servant squander all that money? Don't waste your sympathy on this guy. He was criminally wasteful. And now he and his family members and all his possessions will be sold off to repay the debt. But the servant drops to his knees and begs the king for mercy. Please be patient with me and I will pay you back. Who's he kidding? He's never going to pay back that debt. And in a burst of outlandish pity, the king sets him free and forgives the debt. He wipes the slate clean. What kind of king is this? Don't get too excited. The king's generosity won't last long. After he escaped imprisonment, the newly forgiven servant, whose multi-billion dollar debt was wiped out, encountered a fellow servant who owed him 100 coins. A paltry sum. Not a bag of gold or billions of dollars. 100 coins. A relatively small debt. 
the forgiven servant grabbed the man by the throat and demanded, pay me back what you owe me. The poor man begged, please be patient with me and I will pay you back. Have you heard those words before? It's bad to waste billions of dollars, but it's also bad to waste 100 coins, particularly when you've borrowed them from someone who is not a king. The forgiven servant had the other man thrown into the slammer. Now, all the other servants, when they saw this happen, told the king about what the first servant had done. That's when the unbelievably generous king came back down to earth. You wicked servant, he roared. I forgave you that mountain of debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you? Then the king handed him over to be punished until he had paid the whole debt. Now the story gets real. It's impossible for us to understand how someone could write off a massive, incalculable debt. But we sure can understand someone who would really sock it to an ungrateful scoundrel, right? At the beginning of the story, we didn't want to see the servant go to jail, did we? Even if he did owe billions of dollars, we still wanted some grace. But by the end of the story, after the once forgiven servant really put it to his fellow servant, we're pretty glad to see him hauled off to prison, right? He finally gets what he deserves. We who don't want vengeance at the beginning of the story stand and applaud with all the other servants as the ungrateful man is hauled away. He finally gets what he deserves. The story began with the king giving the man what he deserved and we didn't like it. Sure, he blew a ton of cash, but there has to be a better way, right? Why not give the man a second chance? We had a brief burst of generosity. Then the king had his own brief burst of generosity. The forgiven servant turned around and gave his fellow servant what he deserved. And so the king finally gave the first servant what he deserved. Of course, by the end of the story, there is no difference between the vengeful little servant and the vengeful big king, is there? The king, in the end, is the kind of person who pays injustice with punishment. This is the way the world works whether high or low, in the palace or the back alley, what goes around comes around, right? You reap what you sow. You get what you deserve. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. It's only fair. Even if the punishment seems excessive in the story, so was the debt. At the end of the day, at the end of the story, Justice was served. But in stark contrast, Jesus tells his followers to forgive. 
How often should we forgive? Let's be generous and say seven times. But Jesus says, no, try 77 times. Then he says, the kingdom of heaven may be compared to, but not equated with, the kingdoms of this world. God can be compared to, but not equated with, earthly kings. We and our earthly kings are sometimes given to brief bursts of generosity. But more often than not, we relish those times when what goes around comes back around and justice is served. We find it satisfying when accounts are settled and the balance sheet is satisfied. This is our world, our kingdom. It's often bloody and dangerous. Wheels within wheels, eternal cycles of vengeance and repayment. Arab, Israeli, rich, poor, black, white, all treadmills of tit for tat with no way to get off. So when, by the end of the story, we smile when the unforgiving servant is hauled off to prison, Jesus' little story has revealed an enormous truth to us. We are probably no worse and certainly no better than those who seek or demand retribution. Which is why Jesus calls us to live a lifestyle of radical forgiveness. If we can't forgive and forgive and forgive without end, then we are no better and no different than those of this world who find satisfaction in getting even. So how can we begin to forgive and forgive lavishly? Let me offer you one simple way. You might consider doing a 10-second prayer every day for two weeks. Picture the person who has done you the most harm. Picture the person who captures you, the one who causes you to experience emotions which hold you in prison. Got them in your mind? Now offer this prayer. Gracious and forgiving God, I lift up to you this person, and you can even mention them by name, who needs my forgiveness. May she or he know the lavish love you have for them. Help me to love them and see them the way that you love them and see them. Amen. I challenge you to pray the prayer. See what might happen. Let God in. Let God work. The God who has forgiven your great debt wants you to forgive and forgive and forgive again those who owe you a small debt. Amen? Let's pray. God who forgives and forgives and forgives again, you came into this world humbly, not to be served, but to serve, and to show us a better way, a sacrificial and yet a glorious way, where love could be seen and felt and shared, and lives transformed as self was set aside, and in its place a willingness to see others as family, brothers and sisters of equal worth in the arms of our Heavenly Father. So forgive us, when you look around at the selfishness, greed, and pride that we read about and see each day, and nudge us, your children, to forgive and forgive and forgive again. Nudge us into action that we might guide others unto your better way, showing them that the life they seek is not found in self and greed, but in selflessness, humility, and love. 
Now, using the words debts and debtors, let us pray with boldness the prayer that Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for joining me. Don't let these difficult days rob you of your joy. With Jesus, we always, always, always have hope. Remember, God loves you no matter what. Well, you have heard the gospel. It is for you. God is with you and he is for you. Now receive these words of benediction. May the Lord bless and protect you. May God's face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious to you and shower you with his peace. Amen 